Hello, and welcome to Dinner at Yiffenies with your host, Take a Ironhoof. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that we have our own Patreon. With tiers starting as low as $1 per month, you can show even more appreciation. Every member, no matter which tier you choose, will receive their own badge on the Dinner at Yiffenies website and a personal call-out at the end of each episode. Starting at the $5 tier, you will receive an exclusive Dinner at Yiffenies sticker, and at our top tier, you will receive an even more exclusive t-shirt. All proceeds will be going toward paying for the podcast expenses, including paying voice actors and authors for their contributions. And if we have anything left over at the end of the year, Patreon members will get to decide which charity the remaining funds go to. I also want to give a shout out to the Voice of Dog, whose Ghost of Dog event is in full swing. Be prepared for spooky tales and spine-tingling chills. On tonight's episode... A mysterious stranger offers Lilani an incense stick free of charge. Up in Smoke by Lilani I do not believe in magic. At least, not the kind that would be conjured up through mysterious incantations or rites or prestidigitation performed by wandering magicians. There is a much greater force out there besides magic, and it does not usually require any random task or nonsensical phrases. Well, I suppose it can, but I do not want to talk about that force just yet. I want to get this all down in writing while everything is still fresh in my mind. It all started with a visitor, a newcomer to the island, whom I had never seen before. He was dressed in rather fancy attire for the South Pacific beach, this tall, red fox wearing a white and red full-length sarong with gold tassels that brushed his calves as he walked on light brown sandals. His tail was similarly adorned with encircling gold ribbons, and atop his head was a crown of twisting, bright green palm-leaf vines. Strangest of all to me was the way he singled me out on the rather crowded beach that day. "'Good morning to you, sweet daughter,' he smiled as he looked down at me, blotting at my sunbath. "'I am from the exotic land of India. I am Rajesh.' Not one to forego an exchange in pleasantries, I smiled and sat up, unabashed at being caught topless. I am Lilani. He immediately offered his paw and squeezed it lightly. Is this your first time to Tahiti? I asked this quite often of others, usually to be friendly, or if he or she was decidedly attractive enough to me, the prelude to a swim, massage, a succulent meal, and perhaps much more intimate conversations and actions. He grinned and nodded. Very first time here. He motioned to a sack he carried over his shoulder. I wander across the earth, offering my trinkets, heirlooms, and other things one should never be without. I smirked. A salesman? Rajesh laughed heartily. Oh, goodness, no. I do not sell anything. I give freely. He sat down next to me in the sand and rummaged through the sack. For instance... I have something here. He pulled out a long, very thin silver wand and handed it to me. This is called incense. Smell the tip, my dear girl. I did so and caught a powerful whiff of apples and cinnamon. It is quite lovely. Well, it is yours. What you do with this, you light the one end and the smoke will rise from it. And as you breathe it in... You will be transported to a wonderful new state of being. Very relaxing. You will love it. And he looked around us casually. 
It would appear you are alone. I shrugged. Sometimes I prefer my space. Rajesh frowned. Is there no one in your hot dig, girl? Not really, no. I try very hard not to entangle myself in love anymore. He then smiled again, showing bright fangs. Then certainly you must use this incense. It will help you find love again. I really do not. He surprised me when he took my paw again. Leilani, you may do as you wish. His sapphire eyes pierced mine steadily. But please keep the incense. It does still offer many gifts, and I am sure you will find it very soothing. With that, he let go and stood up before bowing to me. I bid you a fine day, Leilani. And you as well. Oh, and thank you for the gift. I said after him as he left, hiking the sack over his shoulder and heading off into the afternoon sun. And I really thought nothing more of him that day until later in the evening. Someone had created a roaring bonfire earlier at dusk, and after a few hours, the embers still glowed in the sand and the palm wood crackled. I was about to put it out completely with some water from the sea, but I remembered the incense I had received from Rajish. Curious, I carefully knelt by the dying fire and pressed the scented tip to one of the embers until it came alight, then blew out the tiny flame quickly as he had instructed. A puff of smoke rose from the tip where my lips' breath had touched, and then to my surprise, it began to puff further until it formed a billow of powder pink smoke that encircled my head. I coughed as the sweet smoke filled my lungs and tried to wave it away. It was then that I noticed my eyes were closing. My head was swimming with confusion, and before the smoke overcame me completely, I felt that like my body was being whisked away into the pre-night air. It must have been some time later when I awoke again, because the sun was shining full in the cloudless sky, and I was still on the beach. Only not on my personal beach in Tahiti. I thought at first I had somehow moved to another part of my island, but looking around, I saw nothing that I could recognize. Even the pounding waves looked slightly off, shimmering with a unique blue even as the water rushed forward and onto the shore. I sat up, still holding the dry incense, and realized something else. I was naked. I hunted around wildly for my sarong, mindful of my modesty, but nothing seemed suitable for me to wear. Convinced I must have somehow wandered away from my familiar setting, I sprang to my feet and began walking in whatever direction was available, following the shadows from sparse palm trees glowing with a strange red-orange tint. It was some time later that I realized I was very lost and now hungry. I set the incense stick aside, waded into the water, and nearly grimaced at the surprising chill. Normally, the waters near my home are quite balmy and lovely and luxurious to swim in. What I felt here, however, was water at a degree I would normally feel of several hundred feet below the sea, diving for rare black pearls. The water caused my nipples to rise to instant points, and I took a quick breath to look beneath the surface for suitable sustenance. The water was quite dark, but still enriched with lucid, vivid blue and purple hues. I ignored the cold and swam down several hundred feet to the bottom to scout the area. A few strange creatures that looked like a mix of crustacean and piscean littered the sandy bottom, and I captured one of the slower-moving ones for a snack. However... When I crouched down on it, the taste was bitter, and I could only stomach a few swallows before abandoning my hunger for a breath of air instead. 
I surfaced and waded back to the beach, then sat down and thought about what to do next. I looked at one of the palm trees carefully and noticed no coconuts grew from them. Now I was really worried. Had I walked so far from my surroundings that the island flora and fauna was this different? I sighed and pawed through the sand, which I now realized was charcoal gray instead of a soft brown. Where am I? I muttered to myself. Frostbite Island. A low growl came from behind me. I whirled around in a panic and leapt to my feet again, stealing for a confrontation. I saw a tall, white-furred wolf standing there, holding a spear to his side and, to my relief, not in a threatening manner. He was covered in light blue markings from head to foot and dressed rather conservatively for the heat and light brown dungarees that nearly reached bare ankles. Dark blue eyes with a tint of red in them looked at me with what seemed like curiosity. Instinctively, I tried to cover myself with my paws best I could, and he chuckled. Did not mean to startle you, miss. Lilani? I croaked out, still a bit in a panic. Well, you startled me as well, Lilani. I was just about to go hunting in the water, and was rather surprised to see something else besides Tanooks come up to the surface. Tanooks? He smiled softly. What I hunt for food. They look a bit like lobsters, I suppose, but with fins. I made a face. I think I tried one? Well, you develop a taste for them over time, pretty otter. He came closer to me and offered his paw. Desafino Frost, wandering assassin. I came to this island and loved it so much. I decided to stay. And what brings you to my island? I bit my lip nervously as I shook his paw. I I really don't know. I really have no idea how I got here. I looked over at the incense stick. Well, maybe some idea. I'm, I am dreaming, I thought to myself. That must be it. The wolf nodded. Every now and then, I receive visitors, but then I have been here a very long time. How long? He shrugged. I honestly stopped counting after 2,400 years. I am a demon, you see, and sadly cursed with immortality. Ah, coconuts. My thought now is trapped on an island with an insane wolf. Is, is that so? I smiled disarmingly and took a few steps back toward the waves. He was a rather built wolf, well over six feet tall, but I noticed the three bushy tails attached to him would be a hindrance in the water. I could easily outswim him if I had to. Well, <laughs> if you will excuse me, um, Frost, I, I think I will be going now. Wait, where are you going? He growled and picked up his spear. The blue in his eyes faded rapidly and turned red as flames. I reached the shoreline and looked back at him, struggling for an answer. Um, I, I'm not sure, then implored. Can you direct me to Tahiti? The wolf gave me a comical but very puzzling look. Tahiti? 
Impatience and frustration set in. Yes, it is my island, in the South Pacific. Earth? Frost's eyes showed not a bit of recognition. Earth? My eyes widened. Just what kind of island had I ventured to? Yes, you know, um, where all of us are from, where we live? At that, the wolf burst into laughter, and I again fought the urge to turn and flee for the open sea and swim as far and as fast as I could. I am afraid I do not know what this earth is you speak of. I suppose perhaps it is a realm I am not familiar with. Then his look showed recognition. Oh, I apologize, Lady Otter. I have indeed heard of your world. It has just been a long time since I heard it mentioned by others. Others? Those who have come before you, Lilani. They too seemed a bit out of sorts. I bit my lip again, suddenly worried. Um, do they stay here? He shook his head, and his long light blue hair swayed. No one ever does. They are here for a short time. And then something happens, and they disappear again. A bit of relief came over me at that. So there was an opportunity to go home after all. Truly, you are one of the more beautiful creatures to come upon my island. The wolf bowed his head slightly and smiled again. I knew you were an otter by your tail and face. I have seen others, but, again, not as lovely. I was blushing now and shuffled my feet in the sand demurely as I gazed at him. Thank you, um, Frost. I think you're rather handsome, too. He gestured to the sea, and then began removing his clothes until he was as naked as I was. I certainly enjoyed the view as toned, hard muscles were displayed from head to toe, and a peak between thick thighs revealed a very hefty member hanging down. I was about to do some hunting. You may join me if you want to. Perhaps we can find something more to your taste. My eyes were still in his maleness as he walked past me unabashedly with his spear and toward the water. From behind, the wolf's three tails suddenly shimmered, then fused together into one large white bushy tail bobbing to and fro between taut, well-defined butt cheeks. Um, I, I could stay at least a little while. I managed, before hurrying to catch up to him, suddenly hungry for something other than Tanooks. We swam side by side in the waves until the bottom could no longer be seen, and then Frost dove down and I followed him. I stayed close to his side for protection, as I had no idea what other strange, perhaps more dangerous creatures inhabited these depths. He paused at the bottom to point to some very large red rocks in the distance, and then swam over to them with me right behind. I noticed with lust the way his member bobbed with each kick, and I longed to get my paw around it, just to feel it harden in my grasp, or swim up underneath him so I could feel it against my back, and then my butt, then plunging hot and deep into my folds. I let out a quick burst of held air at my lust and shook my head, scolding myself. Focus, otter. It took a few minutes to explore the rocks until Frost found what he was looking for, some strange vegetation that reminded me of seaweed or kelp, 
Yet the colors were nowhere near as gray or green. These were spectacular blues and purples. Frost wrapped a few strands around my waist, then smiled and took a few for himself, motioning to me to eat them. I shrugged and took a nibble, fearing this would taste as bad as the Tanook. To my relief and joy, this had a very sweet taste instead, something like pineapples, oranges, and mango fruit all rolled into one. We knelt close to one another on the bottom, looking at each other and smiling as we enjoyed our meal. After a few more minutes, however, the air I held grew staler, and I could feel my lungs beginning to ache. I tapped his chest and pointed up before pushing off to get a fresh gulp of air. A strong, quick paw grabbed my foot before I could swim away, and I was pulled back down and into his arms, bubbling in protest. He smiled at me again, and then amazingly, he spoke, and very clearly. You require air? Despite my need, I nodded, looking stunned. He then chuckled. (laughs) Very well. But he did not let go of me. Instead, he brushed my whiskers and clamped his mouth over mine. Instinctively, I melted and looped my arms around him for support as I received the most heavenly kiss imaginable. It was warm, deep, and as our tongues mingled through the water, I could feel the ache in my lungs dissipate and then disappear as if they were refilled again. When we finally parted, my eyes were nearly closed and a trickle of bubbles rose from our parted lips. Um, um, better? He asked, and his voice faltered just a bit. I smiled softly and nuzzled him before nodding. Still in his lap... I felt something warm and hard poking against my tummy, and I looked down to see the wolf was in full erection, big, throbbing. I chirbled softly at him before reaching down to pot it, and my earlier lust washed over me like a summer storm. He wiggled free of me and floated there, trying his best to hide his lust with a paw, which hid nearly nothing. I... I apologize, dear lady. I do not normally, um... I smiled and floated closer to him, and before he could move away, I lowered my head to take him, most of him, into my mouth. The wolf reacted with a sudden cry and reached down at first to try to pull my head free, but then as I clamped down harder on him and began to suck tightly across his full length, he paused and jerked several times. Several minutes more, and my lungs were nearly bursting. As was he, I ran my paws over his length quickly, and then I felt his release spurt into my mouth and down my throat. I stayed tight around his flesh and waited for each jerk of seed to paint my tongue until finally he was quite spent, then blew a stream of bubbles over his limp member as I pulled away teasingly and kicked for the service and out of his reach. Frost laughed as he surfaced in front of me and quickly encircled me in his arms as we floated nuzzling each other. Quite a, um, an intriguing way to make love, I must say. The wolf kissed me gently and then gestured to the shore. Come, I would very much like to return your favor. I licked my lips hungrily and nodded as we swam to the shore and crawled out of the water. I was more than ready. 
I lay on my back and spread my legs, panting, giving my folds a few rubs just to set off a few more juices, and waited for the wolf to lie atop of me. I churred and wrapped my legs around him eagerly, panting for him to feel me. What is this? He asked as he picked up the discarded incense stick and examined it. I smiled. That is what brought me here, I think. I leaned up briefly to grab his head. Come, mate with me. I could feel his hardness pushing against my folds. Frost continued to study his find. But why does it smoke? I turned my head to look at it, and indeed noticed a wisp of pink smoke coming from the tip. That is strange. It was not lit before. Lit? You mean it needs fire? He placed it close to his mouth, and was immediately shocked to see a lick of flame shoot out and light the tip. No, wait! I moaned, but he was already admiring the strange pink smoke as it petered out from the tip and started to surround us. I, I think it might. I had time to enjoy the full thick length of his maleness penetrating deep into my very soul. And then my world suddenly went black. When I came to, I was lying on my back, naked just outside the lick of the ocean waves as they pulled against the shore before pulling away again, an endless song. I sat up, feeling dizzy, and then looked around wildly for my new lover. Instead, the beach was deserted. It was well past moonrise, and I saw very familiar palm trees in my grass hut in the distance. Somehow, I was home. Oh, coconuts! I growled and got to my feet still a bit dazed. I stepped on something and heard a small snap. I looked down and saw the incense stick now broken in several places. Oh no! I cried out and fell to the ground to scoop them up. No! That is not fair! I tried to light the tip again, but the end would not glow and immediately puffed out. Sadly, I tossed the remains of the stick to the sand and started meekly for home. Mental note, dear diary. Keep an eye out for the red fox named Rajesh and buy at least a hundred of those incense sticks. I have a demon to get back to. And with that, we've reached the end of Up in Smoke by Lilani. Continue to listen here as well as The Voice of Dog, where Kaki and friends bring you more wonderful tales from around the furry fandom. I'd also like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon members as well. In the top tier, we have Chestnut Luna, Dimbles, Fowler, and Wolflord. Being in the top tier, you have no idea how big that is for me and the podcast. It's truly humbling to have the support of amazing folks such as yourselves. The support you have all given is beyond what I had ever imagined. From the bottom of my heart, I thank each and every one of you. For our other patrons, Agador, Dream Merchant, Glared, Wasson, and Wolfie Wetfur, you guys are amazing as well. Each of you have been and continue to be instrumental to our success, and I'm proud to say that I know each of you. And to everyone who has listened to any of our episodes, thank you. Each and every time someone listens to our work, it really does mean the most to myself 
the authors of these stories, and the voice actors that bring the characters to life. We hope to do this for a long time and continue bringing you furry erotica from all over the furry fandom. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed tonight's tale. Finally, I would like to mention that Lilani also has a Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash join slash Lilani Otter for more details. You can also find more stories from Lilani by visiting their So Furry page or by visiting their website www.thedepthscomic.com. Links will be provided in the description of this episode as well. And as always, good night and come again.